0: episode 137 of Shades Midweek. If you're joining us for the first time, this is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades, and we do that each and every week. We are committed to bringing you those three things in no particular order. And my name is John Mark I'm one of the hosts here, and I'm joined by Mr. Jonathan Hayes and Brad Brown. Everybody, we just had Thanksgiving last week. How was it for everyone? How goes it?
1: I, I feel like I just ate Thanksgiving, <laughs> like like I just did because we just uh, we just ate some tacos, like we're going to talk about in just a minute. We just had to. That's tacos. right. But Thanksgiving was good. Ours was weird uh, in that we had sick kiddos, uh, which prevented us from traveling. Yeah. Um, and so this was our first time ever doing Thanksgiving, like just our nuclear family. Uh, my first time ever having thanksgiving like not at my parents or holly's parents house or a grandparents house like so i mean it was in that sense like it was cool but it was just different it was really different it was not cool to have sick children (laughs) (laughs) poof what about you guys
2: yep jordan and i went to highlands north carolina beautiful little town in north carolina if you've never been and stayed in a cabin with her family so that was lovely did some hiking.
1: Made a waitress cry.
2: Made a waitress cry.
1: <laughs> That's not entirely true. We don't have time for that if story. If you want the
2: background, you can ask me. <laughs> I don't believe I did anything wrong. <laughs> you did not. We've established this, we, Brad. Are we going to have to cut this anyway? <laughs> so, Jalen, what about you? The meal was great.
0: Well, we had a sick child... Last week as well, fortunately, it it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't the flu, it wasn't COVID or anything like that, but it was like a viral cold. So Moses had a fever for a couple of days. We were able to still make Thanksgiving with my parents down in uh, Harpersville, Westover area, down Highway 280. And we had a great time. We had a nice little Thanksgiving lunch. I love that Thanksgiving lunch is always at like 1 p.m., it's always right. a lot of fun. It's it's never Some people a, do
2: it at like three, just random Yeah, yeah it's just times. like in the middle of the well, afternoon. Well, it's because you know it's going
1: to be two meals. Like it's <laughs> counting for right. lunch and dinner. It is, yeah, and you yeah. know you're going to
0: fall asleep at some
1: point. Yes, absolutely. Watching football. Well, I heard the best Thanksgiving gift that y'all got had to do with football. Didn't Auburn get a new coach? <laughs> yeah, we are going to have to cut that. <laughs> we don't have to cut that. We don't have to talk about it. I can just make fun of y'all about it because <laughs> I don't have a dog in the fight. We won't talk about it. No, we can oh, just man. move on. No comment from no these guys. No comment. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on from Thanksgiving, from football, from waitresses crying, from all these things we can't talk about to something we can. Let's talk about music. JM's album of the
0: I'll just go ahead and tell you what it is, and I'll let you hear it a little bit. This is a single from Mr. Jeremy Moore. Yes, friend of the show, part of the Shade Songwriting Collective. It's an Advent tune that he just put out. It's called Who Is This King of Glory? Here's a little bit of it for you.
2: Who is this king of glory? So frightening and tender Is born to cry from earthly pain there the wrath of sinners What quiet all the world beheld To hold His promise Savior As angels tell from hallowed heights This King brings peace from heaven
0: We assembled the Shades crew for this track, so I played drums and a few other things, jump Ball's on bass. We had a good
2: time tracking this. Is this King? So and stunning The stars begin to light the way And
1: call to all who wander The, the pacing of those lyrics in the verse Has a very like modern hymn feel
0: Yeah, for sure That's more in Jeremy's wheelhouse for sure He likes to write modern hymns
1: It's, it's that little pause Yeah Yeah
0: I'll give you a little taste of the chorus. Just search Jeremy Moore on Spotify and Apple Music. Check out that song. He's got an album that's going to be coming out at some point next year. We don't have a release date yet, but there's some songs that we have already tracked that we're trying to finish finish up. But yeah, man. I mean, it was like the Whole Shades crew. We got Juan to play electric on this. Mike Beck mixed it, uh, who mixed the Shades album. So it was very much like almost the same crew of people. It was that's cool. So yeah, check it out. Who is this King of Glory? Mr. Jeremy Moore, he leads worship right over here at uh,
2: Grace Grace Fellowship West yeah. mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, works at Buka just down the
1: road.
0: That's right. It's,
1: it's fantastic. So many
2: neighborhood things that you we could keep
1: saying. Very local. Put you, uh, put you right in the Advent mood. Yep. This season just started this past Sunday.
0: All right. Well, let's see if Brad has an Advent book.
2: Nope. nope. Ah, he doesn't.
1: We but just, that's we, why
2: I was trying to go with the local.
1: Thing. We, we discussed this, Brad. What? We, uh, the in in the pre-show meeting that we always have, we we talked about everything being Advent themed. We were going to transition from Thanksgiving to Advent,
0: right? And Advent tacos.
2: Thank you to the Cleveland Boys Choir for that lovely introduction, St. Louis. Why not
0: the West Homewood
2: Boys Choir? You yeah, said I thought you were local going local because it was the Cleveland's Boys Choir that sang on it. Cleveland. I can't just. I'm not just making up groups that's for the intro that'd be weird (laughs) right cleveland tennessee we love it there
1: well who was the symphony
2: the symphony was the st louis symphony orchestra as always i appreciate their donation to the book club enough about the intro as glorious as it is speaking of local music why not a local author hmm makes you think well we do have a local author gordon bowles not only Is he a local author? He is a former pastor at Shades. Yeah. Pretty cool. So this is Gordon's second book, his first book, Common Ground, Discovering God's Redemption in Your Marriage. Talked about building common ground and togetherness in marriage and developing an intimate relationship with our Creator. Well, Gordon Has put pen to paper again, and in this second book, In Grace from Head to Heart, he describes the way forward in relating more honestly and vulnerably with God, especially in times of tragedy and deepest hurt. He shares his own poignant struggles to reach a maturity in his faith, acknowledging the ever-present opportunity for receiving God's love, in our most difficult moments, the author affirms our ability to navigate the hard times with authentic joy, even alongside our suffering in a fallen world. Gordon Bows, he is a, let's see, what's it say? He's the founder and director of Daymark Pastoral Counseling in Birmingham. He's an adjunct professor. At, is he still an adjunct or is he a full professor now?
1: I think he's a full professor. I think he's
2: a full professor at Beeson. So he's a pastoral counselor. He also teaches at Beeson. He's preached at Shades before and many in our congregation know him, have sat in his office. And so I would highly encourage you to check out this book, From Grace to Head, From Head to Heart. My wife read it before I did and she loved it and said, Brad, you need to read it. We did our premarital counseling with Gordon. So I was thinking back to Young Brad and premarital counseling and everything that he thought. So that was a fun memory. But check it out. Grace from Head to Heart, Experiencing God's Kindness in the Fallen World. Gordon Bowles, a friend and family at Shades Valley.
1: Fantastic. Love it.
2: Well, I just. Local.
1: Thank you for the clarification.
0: <laughs> oh Well, I just got a urgent weather report. Did you really? forecast
1: tacos tacos. the reason that really got me is because apparently there is some significant weather headed our way tonight holly just told me about it
0: well right now the only significant weather i see on the horizon is tacos that's right the shades midweek taco tour rambles on we got three tickets today To a little place over in Avondale called Taco Moro Loco. We got tickets. I'm not talking about parking tickets. No, no, no. From Ticketmaster. I'm not talking about Taylor Swift's Ticketmaster (laughs) debacle either. I'm talking about a ticket to the taco show over at Taco Moro Loco. No, it's not a show. It's a restaurant. They serve tacos. We had to pay for them.
2: And we're going to give our ratings. Thank you for unpacking the <laughs> ticket analogy. Oh <laughs> because that was the clarity that I think all of our listeners needed.
0: So with today, we kind of lost track. It was actually our longest car ride yet to a taco place. Would have been plenty of time to do some field recordings and record, uh, but we didn't talk about any of that or do any of that. So we don't have anything to share with you from actually being there. We did go there. It was really good. And um, so we can just talk about our experience and maybe give our ratings. Taco more Loco, I had been there before. I was the only one here that had been there before. Yeah. Uh, we saw some friends from Redeemer when we went there. It's not too far from Redeemer. It's right there on 41st Street in Avondale. Uh, yep, not too far down from the brewery and melt and all the stuff that's down there. In an old gas station. In an old gas station, that's which right. Which
1: is usually a really great sign Yes. For, for food I have found in Birmingham.
0: That's right. Yeah, so this this version of Taco Moro Loco is a sit-down restaurant. They have a taco truck not too far from that location in the gas station. Uh, so we sat down. We got some chips and salsa, which was nice. Had not had First chips time. and
2: salsa. First time. So that was cool. Bonus points. What did y'all, did y'all rate the chips and salsa?
1: No, I did not.
0: I didn't. Uh, the salsa. I would, I, I did. The salsa had a good flavor to it. It was different.
1: Yeah, it was different than than kind of your normal yeah, run of the meal. It,
0: it's not, it wasn't chunky. It's not like a
2: chunky salsa.
1: No, no, no. I was not, I wasn't like crazy impressed with like the chips. The chips were just kind of like normal chips
2: yeah. for right. me. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they were I like handmade. The, I, I like the atmosphere of the yeah. restaurant. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. they had a little World Cup soccer on. That's right. We're missing it right now. Yeah. Oh, what's the score? It's, I'll look it up. I, Give us a it's, live update. It's, up it's soccer.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and go zero to zero.
2: Oh, my word. One to zero, USA. All right. USA. 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 It's
1: crazy how we're all really patriotic the (laughs) moment that either the World Cup or Olympics are involved. Oh, man. Let's all go paint our faces red, white, and blue right now. Um, Wow. Anyway, okay. Well, back to tacos. (laughs) Um, So why don't we just go around and we'll rate our tacos – uh, and uh, and then we'll do the, the full-on what you give the place overall. I'll go first because I think y'all are going to be disappointed in my ratings, but that's that's fine. Wow. So I got an asada taco, which JM would like me, for the record, to point out shouldn't count as an actual taco <laughs> because they had this special thing on the menu where uh, it was like you could get the, the corn tortilla, the shell, like fried. And I wanted to try it. It sounded really good. Mm-hmm. And it was my, it was really good. It was really good. And Chris it was called. <laughs> What's it called? It was called Gringo. Gringo style. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Gotta yeah. hand it to him for that.
1: why do you want me to say that, JM?
0: <laughs> well, that's what it's called. It's called the Gringo style.
1: For those uninitiated, that basically means white person taco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but you'll be happy to know I gave it the lowest score. Uh, um, I gave it a six. I gave it a six. Oh, uh, my goodness. Al Pastor, which their Al Pastor had the most prominent pineapples yes. I have ever had 100%. in Al Pastor. Um, and I gave it a seven. Um, so it still wasn't my favorite, but I liked a lot more. But I did get a Campechano. Is that how you say that, Jam? I guess. Which is Campechano. Chorizo Campeccano and steak. Steak. It was my there. first time getting one of those, and I gave it a nine. It was by far my favorite taco that they had, and I normally don't rate anything else, but I did order queso, which is probably an unfair thing to do because you can't really get that at like a taco truck.
0: It was jalapeno queso loco. Is that what it was Mm -hmm. called?
1: Yes, and I gave that queso a ten. I'm just here to tell you. The queso was fantastic.
0: Describe what it was. How so, they so how they brought it out.
1: I love jalapenos. And and there was normal what you would think of as queso dip in the middle, but it didn't taste like your, your just normal, I don't know, there was something special going on. It was it was a little little I liked it more. Uh but then surrounding the bowl of queso were uh raw jalapenos that had been sliced in half like like from top to bottom so it was like a little boat basically yes and it was filled with cheese it yes. <laughs> it was, and it was amazing. spicy amazing mm-hmm. uh, so anyway yep so that's that's my scores on that I'll hold my overall score until you guys have gone
0: okay i'll go next taco moro loco here are my ratings the Campuchano's taco i I believe also give it a, give it a nine out of ten. I think that was your rating, Jonathan. Yes, yes, it was. Um, delicious al pastor, eight out of ten. It was my least favorite of the tacos that I had, and then the asada. I actually gave a nine and a half out of ten, which ties, if I'm if my records are correct here, ties my Campuchano's taco from the first place that we went to as the highest rated taco. Wow. I gave the sauce that came with the tacos a 9.5 out of 10, so not quite the 10 out of 10. It, here's why I got 9.5, because there were didn't really seem to be any other options other than the red sauce. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have to ask for it. I'm not sure. Um, tortillas, I gave a 7.5 out of 10. They were not as good as the tortillas from Dos Hermanos or the first place that we went to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, of course, the queso was delicious.
1: Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, that queso is the first thing I've given a 10 to. It was great. So, all right, Bradford, what you got?
2: Okay, the asada, I gave an 8.5 out of 10. The chorizo, I gave a 7 out of 10. The al pastor, I gave a 6 out of 10.
1: Oh, you're really harsh on that al pastor.
2: (sighs) The dip, I gave a 10 out of 10. The tortillas, I gave a 6.5 out of 10. So... These are still pretty high scores, relatively speaking. I think some of the other places I enjoyed a little more. I think, for me, a big thing was the tortillas. And I think I preferred the tortillas, tortillas at <laughs> Los Val. Um, all right, well. And uh, Gordo. Not, no, not Dos Hermanos. Dos Hermanos, thank yep. you, yes.
1: Yep. But uh, those are my thoughts. All right, well, let's go overall score. So I've got taco moro loco coming in at a 8.5 8.5 gentlemen that's my rating
0: all right taco moro loco for me came in at a 9.0 out wow. of 10 9.0 nice. so nice. it is below the first place and it is below dos hermanos right now sitting, huh. sitting, sitting in, in your third. third place yep. for me Actually, it's tied with Los felladores for names. So.
1: All right, Bradford, what
2: you got?
0: Two-way tie.
2: I'm giving them a <laughs> 8.5 out of 10, which puts 5. it above Gordos. Yep, 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 But yep. below the other places. Well, which feels right, gentlemen. We have been to five
1: places. Do we want to say how many more we're going to go to, or are we just leaving it open-ended?
2: Let's. I mean, I feel like we need to leave room for the spirit. <laughs>
1: We'll decide later.
2: So on that note, I know Brad's
0: got to go real quick, but there was a taco place that I found when I was Googling like taco trucks near me. And it is over here on Green Springs. They are only open uh, Wednesday through Sunday from like 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. They are never open for lunch. Okay. But the ratings are insane. So And I didn't know this place even existed. Well, but, we're definitely going to have to go check it but out. But people left reviews because they were like, every time I go by there, they're closed. The hours are really weird. Well, it's because they're really only open like in the afternoon till late, late at night.
1: Well, let's do it. So oh. I think
0: we should try to make that happen at some point. Wow, okay. It's called Taqueria something. For sure.
1: I'm open to it. All right. Well, now that we're done with tacos and all of the other things, uh, let's get on to serious business. We actually have something really, really cool that we are very excited about. We uh we have done an interview with our most recent Shades Missions team who uh took a mission trip overseas and we have all three of them, all three of these ladies who went on this trip uh and we are going to let you hear that interview now. So, I'm here on this episode of Shades Midweek with I I'm just I'm excited. This may be I'm trying to think. No, I think I've been in the booth by myself with somebody else before, but this is the first time I've been in the booth by myself as a host mm-hmm. with a table, with a full table. I have three guests around this table, and I could not be more excited to introduce to you Christy Crump to my right.
3: Hello. I, uh,
1: because everybody in the car or wherever they're listening to this really cares that you're to my right. <laughs> Directly across from me is Ms. Shea Wall. Hello, hello. A, a great friend of the show been on before. Third time. Third, Third time.
4: time. Yes. Third, man, she's
1: gonna rival Andrew yeah. Thompson. Yeah. We, we're, we're talking about we need like a like SNL does this whole like three or four timers, like host club kind of thing. We need that kind of thing going oh, or nice. something. You need like a jacket. Yeah. You know, three timers yes. club for Shades Thank Midweek. You. And then also making her Shades Midweek debut to my left That's is none great. other than Michelle Bellew. Which is Michelle is scared of the microphone, everyone. (laughs) So anytime Michelle talks, you're just going to have to like crank up your volume over there. So anyway, but these three ladies are joining me because uh, y'all are all involved with a mission uh, here at Shades and recently went together on a mission trip literally to the other side of the globe. Mm. So let's just get started maybe just by... Tell them, this is open for everybody. I don't know how this is going to work. I'm just going to ask questions. It's is just going to be a free-for-all. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about how the trip y'all took came about. Like what led up to this and maybe led up to each of you deciding you were going to be involved?
4: Well, we knew that we wanted to go visit Sarah and Alan Nunnally in Thailand. We had been talking about that for a while. And then... Christy Crump ended up joining the Global Missions team this past year. And so when we were talking about Thailand, she was like, hey, I met a girl in Cambodia when the team from Shades went there. She, 2017. 2017. And so it just kind of went from there. And so by the time we were done with all the things, we were like, hey, I bet we could do both countries in one trip. <laughs> and it's so just like Alabama and Georgia. Right. right. Just right next to each other. Right. You know,
1: Thailand, Cambodia, no right. big deal.
4: yeah. So um, – it kind of, I guess it kind of went from there, and then we said, "Yeah, let's let's see if we can figure that out." And it is only an hour flight from Bangkok over to Cambodia, where we were going. So. Only an hour flight, but an hour com- flight.
1: completely separate visas. Yeah, uh, all the probably things. shot list. <laughs> Who knows?
4: <laughs> Actually, it was pretty similar. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't different enough where it made us nervous. Like we were like, "We, I think we can do this." Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so we made the decision to do both, and then. We knew that we wanted someone else to go with us, and and I, Michelle is just – she's a real good friend of ours anyway. She had joined the missions team this past year also, but also she has traveled a lot and done a lot of different missions trips, and so I thought she might be interested in doing this with us too. So we just threw it out there to her, and then she – I don't know if she would still be like, oh, I'm so glad I said yes to that. But she said yes. Totally am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um,
3: there's a lot of together time on a trip lot. like this. So you have to pick your team carefully. Right. You do. There's not a lot of people you want to sit next to for 14 <laughs> hours. It's true. And it's true. Have climb over you to go to the potty. That's yes. yes. Like 10 Such times. Frequently. Like you got to love each other yeah. a lot right. for that. Right. So.
4: Yeah. Well, and we had, we knew like, like the global team for shade specifically this last year has, we've talked a lot about going forward in our trips. So we just wanted to keep them small, you know, just to keep the cost down, keep the team small, just for being able to travel and do the different things. And so when thinking about doing two countries in one time with three people, we felt like that was doable too, instead of having a really large team trying to figure out all the logistics for that. So Yeah. So we um, booked the trip and then I literally think I did everything wrong you could possibly do with planning this trip (laughs) and just making reservations and just not, I mean, some of it is that, you know, we're just trying to to choose the least expensive option, but it also limited us greatly in, in what we could do in terms of changing plans or dates or anything like that. And so at Mm -hmm. one point, We were literally going to just cancel it and put it off until, like, February of next year. And then we found out that unless we could come up with $7,000, that wasn't happening. And so we, yeah, and so we went back and just went, we were like, okay, well, I guess we're doing this now. You know, because we really made the decision and then a a few weeks later realized it wasn't going to happen and then had to come back together and be like, okay, no, we're going now. (laughs) We're going now. And so everybody had like told their work, and I, right, you know, we, right. we just had made all the plans, and then we just had to undo all of it. And so the Lord was just not letting us off the hook for that. He was like, no, you, you're you doing it now. And this, this yeah. sounds like standard
1: fare right? for a mission trip. Yes. Did you at least book your plane tickets under the correct names?
4: We did do that. Well, mostly. I, yeah. Oh, I wait. I, yeah.
1: I wait. Think,
4: it was easily correctable. I, she- I did one. Yeah, I did her.
5: Because yeah. M- Michelle is my middle name. Yes. And so it was under Michelle. But my first name is Rachel. Yes. So we had to change that. So that
1: this, is this is funny. This is funny because I was saying that literally to just make a joke. Oh, yeah. About the one time that I booked a ticket under the wrong name. Oh. But – but this is really funny. That no, this I happened. promise <laughs> you.
4: I really think we did every other than losing luggage. I promise you, if you went down the list of things <laughs> that could happen on a trip, it happened to us. I mean, we'll tell you as we go along. But it was just, it was crazy, and we just, but we we kind of had that be the theme of our trip, though. Like we were like, y'all, we're just doing it. Like whatever happens, happens. We're just gonna figure it out, trust the Lord, move forward. Like we literally had no choice a lot of times. So we learned a lot and it was an adventure for sure. But yeah, I I think I learned more about what not to do in so many of the things, (laughs) learning the hard way, I guess, you know, to some degree, but it was, but it was amazing. I mean, I, I wouldn't change anything about it. Like I think we all, I think we all love it. But there's so many things about it that we're like, just laughing and rolling our eyes about sure. now that we're looking back on all the things that happened.
1: How how long was the trip? Because when you, I mean, when you go to the other side of the world like that, you gotta yeah build in some days to deal with jet lag and stuff. And...
4: So we flew 34 hours to get there, mm-hmm. but there was a little bit of a lag in that because when we so we flew to Toronto. Well, we we flew out of Atlanta to okay. Toronto. From Toronto to Tokyo. When we get to Tokyo, no, we're an hour and a half leaving Toronto. That's what it was. We were late leaving Toronto, so we missed our connecting flight in Tokyo. Awesome. And so the airline was like, well, there's not another flight, so we're just going to pay for you to stay in a hotel, and then you can fly out tomorrow night. So we had to – but to leave the airport, none of us had had a third COVID shot. And you have to have a third COVID shot to uh, go into Tokyo.
5: Gotcha.
0: So now
4: they have to COVID test every single person on the plane in order for us to leave. So awesome. So we're there for just hours and hours, just trying to get a COVID test and get out of the airport. And then, and then, yeah, just getting to Tokyo. You know, but but we got a whole day in Tokyo, which was really cool that we did not expect. Yeah. We got to go. Um, Like just I mean we didn't venture out too far from where we were, but we got to go visit temples, we ate amazing food, like we made a whole day of it there and it was and it was just kind of an unexpected little little gift. So that was our children
3: were our total weebs, so can I say that word? Yeah, is that I a don't bad even word? <laughs> What was the word? A weeb. Like nah, someone me. who's a, obsessed with Japanese culture. Yes. Ma- so when they found out we were stranded. Quote I, d- unquote, I don't know
1: this word, so I don't know. Uh, um, John Mark will look. John Mark, look that up. See that if we're allowed that? to say
3: that. <laughs> I need to take that out. can't <laughs> <You> spell it. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, it's like weeble wobble without the obble wobble part. <laughs> so. Um, But they were like, bring us Japanese things. Yes. So we found a mall, which I thought, to be fair, was right by the bus station. But it really was actually across town because I had the map like upside down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Uh the mall was really good. (laughs) (laughs) And we we got a taxi back to the bus and we did not miss our bus. Yes, yes. So
4: Well Maggie's birthday was coming up and she does love all things Japanese. So I got to buy birthday presents actually in Tokyo for her. So that was that was sweet. And
3: Ella Ella is also excited. Yes. About the things. But I Michelle,
1: how did you feel about the uh Tokyo mall trip. Oh, it was great. Was that right up, right up your alley. <laughs>
5: yeah, the yeah, I mean the extra time in another country and was was really fun. Yeah, it mm-hmm.
4: was. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I was just going to back up just a little. I I always one of the favorite things about this trip planning was I was camping mm-hmm. when we were trying to make the decision of can we move our flights, and so it was Sunday and we were at the campground, and so I talked to Shay and she said. That she'd prayed with everybody at church about it and felt good about it. I just thought that was so sweet that mm-hmm. all the shades people were like, We feel like the Lord's telling you, you should just mm-hmm. go. Yeah. and just change your plan. It's fine. You're not going to see the people you thought you saw, but you're going to see new people that you didn't know existed, which actually yeah. turned out to be true.
4: Well, and we didn't say that. One of the reasons we were trying to change it is because we wanted to meet with Sarah and Allen in Thailand, but we also went to meet with Susie Triplett, and then we found out that she was gonna going to be gone to a conference the entire time that we were there. Gotcha. So that is one of the, that's why we were trying to change it, but she's right. Like, I, I was going to people that Sunday morning trying to get them to help me figure out how to change it all, and they were all like, you know, I think you're just supposed to go. Like, we feel like you're good. And they would, you know, and they would bring up really good points and they and they would pray for us. And I don't know. It just, it just by the time I left, I was like, okay. I called the girls. I was like, y'all, we're going. Like, it's just, awesome. yeah. So it was, it was That's good. That's awesome.
1: For anybody listening who doesn't know, both uh, Sarah and Alan Nunnally and Sue Triplett, those are uh, both missionaries yes. that we support here at Shades and have for a long time. The Nunnally's are from shades, yes. um, Commission now it's been many years in Nepal yes. and uh, are in Thailand now. And So, okay, so you get to Tokyo, you're delayed, but then you fly out the next night headed to
4: well, we've, we initially, w- we were going to fly out and be in Bangkok for two nights, but because everything was delayed, we get to Bangkok, and I think we're there for four hours. Yeah, we
5: got there about midnight. Four I or think. five
4: hours, and then we have to fly straight back out to Cambodia. Like at six the next morning. Uh-huh. So we basically just go straight to Cambodia um, from from Tokyo, and then uh, the missionary that Christy had met, you want to tell a little bit about her? Yeah,
3: yeah. Um. We almost missed our flight that morning. I set an alarm and <laughs> I, I think I turned that. it off because I was only three hours into sleep yeah. and we were all sharing a king-size bed. I just need y'all to have this visual. This visual? <laughs> almost the whole <laughs> Shades time. in the middle yeah. <laughs> because she has to pee the least. So she gets the I middle. Love, I
1: love how these decisions are yes, being made. That's,
3: that's how it works. So, um, so we're supposed to, our taxi's coming at like 7 or yeah. 6 or something. I don't know, whatever time. Yeah. And um, Jesus woke Shay up <laughs> at 19 minutes before the taxi was supposed to be there. Yes. She sits straight up in bed it's like, y'all, it's 6.39. Whatever. We've proceeded and we proceeded we out, made it, yeah. And we made it. We did. Thank God. Yes. I don't know what woke her up because... <laughs> It was Jesus. I
1: was about to say, you already said it was yeah, Jesus. Yeah,
3: for sure. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so we get to uh, Siem Reap, Cambodia, and it's a sweet little airport. And it's almost like you're, it's like a snapshot of, like, 1970. It really Like, it, is. it really, the building looks like the Polynesian resort at Disney World. <laughs> they make fun of me for all my Disney World knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just precious, and it's small. And so, Sopek picked us up. And all these flights, I had this tube on my that I was balancing on my bag, and yeah. it had a vinyl banner for SOPEC because Connor Gata made her a logo. And oh, that's awesome! We got a banner printed right before we left, and this kind gentleman brought it to me from Pell City the day before we left, and I was so glad. So that was one thing I wanted to give her was a, a banner for her ministry. And so I dropped it off my suitcase like 9,000 times. <laughs> and so but it made it? It made it. Okay. And it, okay. it almost got lost – and this little man came around the door, the corner with it, and we all cheered. We were so happy. Well, that the was banner the thing. Made it, had,
4: it. it had made it, you know, to Atlanta, all to Toronto, place. to Tokyo, to Bangkok. <laughs> now we're in Cambodia, and we and and they're like, we can't find it. Aww.
3: And we're like, oh. what are you talking
4: about? And they're like, <laughs> well, we knew it was in there, but now we don't see, you know, whatever. And so yeah, like she said, eventually they did find it. They came around. We're all cheering. It was amazing. It was the moment. And
5: each flight, we never really knew whether. It was going to make
4: it. Yeah. Yes. there was always.
5: A we change. were
3: totally right, right. breaking the rules of carry-on rules. Because it, they're all
4: opening it. What is this? Why are you carrying it? What? <laughs> it, you know, there's questions every every airline that we go to, right? right and sure. so we're like, it's just not going to make it. And yeah, it,
3: yeah, it made it. Um, Sopec Sopek so, uh, brought us and she's, she's she picked us up. Uh, uh, she was our translator in 2017, okay. right? And um, uh, several of us kept up with her, like on Instagram. Awesome. Um, and she had this vision um, to – she's really – she's a nurse. She went to nursing school after we met her. Like in the last five years, she's been busy. Um, went to nursing school, went to do a DTS at YWAM, um, which is a discipleship training session. And then she did the school of biblical studies there and then all uh, went to farm school <laughs> and – so, her vision was uh, she really enjoys doing medical things in like remote villages. Yeah. Um, so, and she wanted to have some land and a farm and a place that could sustain that ministry um, long term. Awesome. So, she has this long term kind of vision for like a home and a place for people to have a place to stay if they need to stay, or kind of like a working farm, um, I don't know, mm-hmm. commune type deal. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so she's raised all this money for land, so she's bought nine acres of land um and a truck' because there you sort of need a four wheel drive truck, sure, um mm-hmm. because it's kind of hard on a motorbike to navigate the mud,
4: especially yeah <laughs> rainy season. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so yeah.
3: um yeah, so yeah, so we got to hang out with her, and she took us to Baden bong first mm-hmm. and um, you wanna
4: yeah, so she up? drove five hours to come get us. Um, from the airport and we, so we all pile into her truck and we head to um, to Baden bong. Oh wait
1: wait 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 so it's the four of y'all yes in her truck in her mm-hmm. truck
4: yes our okay. luggage is in the back um, so y'all
1: are all sitting in the front seat
4: Well no it's got two it's got two rows okay. so, so it's not I yeah. just I was getting a visual <laughs> No there's two rows so it was definitely comfortable. Um, and she's a new driver. had not she just gotten her license about did. four That's months prior? That's pretty awesome. So I think we were going thirty most of the way. She was real nervous. You know, she's yeah. just she's a new driver and she's kind of nervous. And and you know, she drove a long way to get us. And right. so she's yeah. And so we're laughing because I thirty or forty maybe maybe forty. I don't know. It was it was.
3: Anything can happen on those roads. There's motorbikes passing you. There's huge trucks sure, with sure. yeah, yeah, giant things hanging off the truck that might fall at any moment. You just
4: never know. Animals,
3: animals, right. children. Yeah, all, I mean it's, it's a it's a harrowing thing yeah. for a new driver. So she's always driven motorbikes bef- sure, in the past. Sure. That's what everybody drives. Yeah. There. Right there. Yeah. So.
4: Yeah, so um, so she took us to Baden-Bong, and so that is where they originally met. That's the Wildwind base that she had been, that Sopac had been a part of. Um, and so we wanted, I can't, I can't remember exactly. Did she want us to go there? Can you remember?
3: Yeah, we were going to go to worship and uh, meet That's right. her friends. And- because
1: that. That YWAM facility in Batamba was built by Hundredfold. Yes.
3: Uh, and it's it's impressive. Right. Like it's just beautiful. Which once again, and for
1: anyone that doesn't know.
3: Yes, I
4: know there's
1: fold. so many. Yeah. Yeah. I just always <laughs> so we, I know we know all these yes, people, but just no in case good. there's anyone right. listening. Yeah. yeah Hundredfold would they were actually here just a few Sundays ago, mm-hmm. or John Hudson, uh, one of the founders was to to share. It was a ministry birthed uh, out of shades from mm-hmm. architects that Members here and had a, a vision placed on their heart to do nonprofit architecture work for the sake of mission, mm-hmm. uh, all around the world. And that was how we had a team originally go to Cambodia in 2017, mm-hmm. was because they were building this Correct. facility, yeah, uh, over there. So y'all got to go so and I worship got to in that see facility. more
3: of it finished, which is awesome. very cool. Yeah. We walked through a building that our team in 2017 had helped move furniture. and some mattresses. I have a picture of Ashley Armistead on top of a stack of mattresses, like she's the <laughs> princess in the pea or something. <laughs> so uh, Ashley, the mattresses are out, and it's a school now, and it's very nice. <laughs> so it was neat to see that as a follow up. It and really was. It was, it was um, yeah.
4: And we got to meet the director, mm-hmm. um, and and just got to hear he hadn't been there that long, um, but just kind of hearing his heart for just. The ministry there and for what he was hoping to happen like through just through the schools and and then we got to meet uh so peck's friend who was the wife of the the guy who runs the school of worship there did that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. It's a lot of connections. Um, and so we got to spend some time with her. It was really just, and then we, and then we stayed one night in baden So we got to go the next morning and worship with them and just spend some more time with them and just kind of see the facilities and just hear about all the things going on there. So it was, it was awesome.
5: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would say that space, even just getting to see the fruit of what a hundred fold has done there yeah. Yeah. was incredibly beautiful. I mean, mm. the space is not only aesthetically pleasing, but it's so functional, and you can see the care and the thought that went into it. There's this beautiful green space. There's a place to worship. There's places where people live. So it just create, there's a sense of safety and mm-hmm. beauty and functionality and all of it that was just really neat to behold.
3: Yeah. That's good. And they That's have awesome. hundreds of students on campus at one time just doing DTSs. I mean, just so much going mm-hmm. on there. It's a very happening place Yeah, as yeah. far as YWAM bases go. It's pretty big yeah. and well organized. So there's a lot. I mean, so Peck's the fruit of that. Right, right. I mean, she grew up in a slum close to the base mm. and was a part of their English classes. You know, like she was a kid at a YWAM base learning English from missionaries mm. who told her about Jesus, and, and here we are. You right. know, it's just wild to right.
1: me. With her starting her own I know. Self-sustaining farm. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: So she took us to where she grew up, like the slum mm-hmm. that she grew up in. And we got to see some of her family, you know, some of her um, nephews. <laughs> she's scooping up kids. She knows everybody or she's sure. related to them. So um, we got to see kind of the way they live, like her aunt's house and, you know, um, all that. So yeah. it was it was good just to see her home base. Like that's where she lives when she's not at the, at the land.
1: Right.
5: Mm -hmm. And that was interesting to go back to just how often things quickly changed or weren't what we expected because Baden-Bong wasn't even Mm. on the original itinerary, right? Right. And then we ended up going there. And I think for me, it was probably several of the most moving moments when I think back on the trip occurred there. And so it just kind of, the way things happened, we ended up there and it wasn't really planned, but it was really...
4: Yeah. Yeah. Originally we were thinking like be in one, you know, kind of home base one place and then just kind of go out from there. But in the end, we just made the decision to just be in a different hotel every night. Like we, we were in eight hotels in 11 days, if that gives you any idea. But, but it helped because we were able to really be where we were, you know, not just having to be able to drive less and just be able to sit and, and, you know, just like Going, being able to go and visit and see where she grew up, like that probably wouldn't have happened. Like so yeah. many things that, so many little things that we did, I feel like wouldn't have happened if we would have done it the other way. So yeah. it all worked out.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, the name of the game in most of my experience with mission trips is flexibility. Yes, yeah. um, absolutely. And I think that that's where having a smaller team also worked, yeah, for massively sure. to your advantage. Yeah. You know, for sure, because like, I mean, so having to change sleeping arrangements, all that, a lot easier to do yes. <laughs> logistically. Yes. Than, than well, when you're trying to navigate and, for. And, and, And we were so
4: Yeah, and we were so surprised being in Cambodia. Like the places that we stayed were absolutely beautiful. Mm. I mean, because Cambodia is a developing nation still and because I've been to a couple of those already, I think I had an idea of in my head of like kinda what that was gonna be because because they would be twenty five dollars a night, you know, or less even. And so, you know, but we were staying one night so we were like it's it's fine whatever and then we would get there and they were beautiful mm-hmm. like there there would be like these almost like bungalow type looking buildings and then a, a pool and a restaurant attached to it and just I don't they were just it was beautiful so we were very surprised everywhere we went and like I don't know that was that was another sweet surprise throughout the whole trip in Cambodia mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah that was good
1: now, I have a cheat sheet yes. in front of me. <laughs> okay. All right, that has like some little notes on it. Yes. And so I wanted to ask before we move on uh, with SOPEC and the farm, yes. there's a potential partnership mm-hmm. uh, for some future work there.
4: Yeah. So, because she, you know, her her plan is long, um, right. but developing the farmland is kind of the first step in eventually having that support her ministry and, and to do. being able to do nursing into outlying communities around her. And so because I work for um, a ministry called Designs for Hope, and we do a lot of projects on water and power, and so there's potential that we can help her, like once she gets ready for that, to be able to help her with a water or solar project, just depending on which which are both, you know, whatever she needs. That's So we, my regional over Asia, his name is Kel McGraw. He lives in the Philippines. And so we all did um, a zoom call with him while we were there with her, just to kind of get the ball rolling on that and just to be able to connect them. And, and hopefully we're going to move forward with that at some time. That's awesome. Mm -hmm.
1: So, so what does like support for SOPEC look like, like right now?
4: I think right now,
3: um, She's relying on people that she's met um, through, you know, being their translator at some point or people from YWAM that have visited or friends from Facebook. And she just raises money pretty much through Facebook um, primarily. So, If
1: if someone wanted, like, to follow her work, like, mm -hmm. on Facebook, does she have, like, just a – like, do they just connect with her personally? Yes.
3: She's got Yahweh Jira Farm um, page on Facebook. Yahweh
1: Jaira Farm.
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she also has an Instagram that she updates as well. And so
1: her personal page and her Instagram, are they just under her name?
3: Yes. So So we could probably link that. Yeah,
1: uh, we'll try to remember to put a link for that in the show notes. But just so everybody knows, her name is spelled S-O-P-H-E. E A K. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so phonetically it looks like Sofique.
3: Yes.
4: Um, so <laughs> I S-O- called S-O-P-H. her that for a long time and Did Christy you? was like, Shay, no, it's
3: not. It's <laughs> Sopek.
4: Yeah. yeah it's not English. Because <laughs> it's not English, right? <laughs> right exactly. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Um
1: well that's awesome.
4: Yeah. So so we left Baden Bong and then we we drove an hour and a half or so to Pie mm. So Pylin is where the farm is. So we actually got to go with Sopec, we got to see the farm. Um, and we are. You wanna you wanna tell about meeting um, her friend when we were there.
5: Which oh Madeline.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah. Um, okay. So we did. So another unexpected um, <laughs> experience was we met when we when we met up with Sopec, She mentioned that there was another girl from. Alabama, actually, who was in Cambodia and had been there a few years and that um, was a friend.
1: I mean, because, you know, as, as there are.
4: Right, right, Alabama y- people. Y- meet, That's right. Yeah. But
1: let me tell you how <laughs> y- you would be surprised. Um, I uh, So the last time I was that far overseas, I can't even remember the year, but it was when Brad and I got to go to Israel. Yeah. And two crazy things that happened in Israel. One, we were in the Old City Market. And one of the stores was nothing but University of Alabama Apparel nah. in uh-uh. Jerusalem. What? I am not kidding. Roll, That's how far this tide. Roll Tide stuff yeah. goes, y'all. Ugh. All right. And then the day we went to the Dead Sea, <laughs> we ran into uh, J.H. Ranch people from <laughs> Birmingham wow. uh, at the Dead Sea. So, I mean, it's it's just nuts, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, so this is kind of what's happening to y'all. Yeah. You're in the middle of... Yeah. Cambodia That's and right. it's like yeah there's you know Alabama girl yeah. right up the road. That's
5: yeah. right. We're in mm-hmm. a remote area. She rolls up on her moped and um, ended up spending the rest of the time with us. She spent the night with us yeah. in the hotel where we were able to provide her an opportunity to actually experience a real shower and running water and
4: which she doesn't can, have that right now. We where can explain. Living. Yeah it was just so funny because she pulls up on her moped. She's like light skinned blonde hair blue eyes. Hey y'all. You know we're like <laughs> what? hey, y'all. What's, what's happening. You pink, know,
3: Pink fuzzy slides
4: but, oh, yeah. Just feet. the cutest thing. And we were like, what? You know, and she's, How old she's she? 22, I think. 22. 23. 22. 23. Uh-huh. How long? She's been is there she... four years. So she, Since she was 18. So she went to. Do a DTS at YWAM at 18. They sent her to Cambodia for her outreach. She came home. She packed her stuff. She moved back to Cambodia, and she's been there for four years now.
5: Wow. And she's building a house and plans to be there indefinitely. Yeah. And shared a little of her story. I think she became a believer around the time, like, she was 13 or 14. She said she grew up in a very... Mission minded family where they had traveled a lot because we asked her if they supported yeah. her, you know, being there. And she was with YWAM for a while, is now doing something independently and is working in a specific village, wanting to do some church planning there. Is actually building her home on the space where there is a, a small little fledgling church that's being built and is growing, and where they're meeting and worshiping. And, um, yeah, yeah she's just, um, she was really. I think I think for all of us she was encouraging and inspiring and challenging yeah. in so many ways of yeah. just she was so seemed so you know, so committed yeah. and um just single minded in wanting to see the gospel grow in that area. She also is living like she's from was it Brute? Bruton. Mm-hmm. yes, she's also living in a way that like, she is on a land where what she eats that day either has to be brought in. Like, there's, like, a, a one local person that brings in food mm-hmm. each day. Mm-hmm. Um, because one thing that we learned about the area, especially in more remote villages, food scarcity is real. And there's certain mm-hmm. places where it's just very hard to find food. Yeah. And so whatever food is available would be brought in. And she has to cook from whatever is given. Or if that's not available, then she has to, you know, find from livestock and sources, from neighbors, and, like, actually prepare, Mm -hmm. like, kill and prepare meals that she makes on the day. And they're cooking over a fire, and there's no electricity. I mean, she is truly roughing it in every sense of the word um, and desires to continue to do that.
4: Indefinitely. Yeah, even half of her kitchen was outside. Like I was like, what do you do in the rainy season like this? And she's like, it just gets wet, you know? And you're like, what? <laughs> like just looks at you like, just, I mean,
1: what do you think it of? gets
4: wet? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, we were just amazed by her. She's literally camping like and and her house is supposed to be, I think done by the end of the year, but it's still not, I mean, you know, it's not like it's going to be this, um, I don't know. It's still I mean, it's gonna be a lot nicer than what she's living in now, but it's still it's still gonna be in this very rural area and and yes, that like Michelle said, the church that they planted is on the property where she lives. And she said they come every single day. Like every like when everyone comes home, do you remember them saying that? Like every day that they'll come and worship because they don't even have a pastor yet. They're just coming together and they're worshiping and praying for each other and just spending time together and, and just
1: Well you said there's no electricity, right?
4: There's no no, I don't think so. I mean, Not if we booted everybody
1: yet. at Shades Electricity, got rid of all the TVs and cell phones, everybody might be we interested might in together. coming together yeah. every every That's evening, true. you know.
4: That's yeah. true. Yeah, and they and they were doing it, so. That's awesome. And so so Peg is involved with them and she does come and worship with them and she spends time in that community as well and her farm is in that same Area, so she wanted us to kind of get to, and we walked around and met a, a bunch of the people that live in the village and that are a part of that church, and so we just got to see all the things. And this was another thing when we were talking about the we were planning the trip because originally. When we were going to visit with Susie too, like a big part of our trip was going to be spent in Bangkok and just a small amount in Cambodia. Right. But by the time it all got changed around, we had a huge amount of time in Cambodia. And like looking back now, we can we can see why. And it was so good that we got to really just, just be where we were for a while and really I, just a little things like that, like going around and just meeting people and praying for people and and seeing the church and just all the ways that that God is just doing amazing things there it was it just it turned out well. Mm-hmm.
1: Now if people wanted to keep up with what Madeline's doing like is there a way to do that? Yeah, with we how can remote she is and
3: Well, we can give you um they don't have power but they seem to have cell service. So there is that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, she she's yeah, really good about TikToks and she is oh, the very um yeah, yes. she's you know, that age. She's good at it. Right, so right, right. she she updates yeah. And she, she has a Facebook private group that she updates people and for she's on Instagram and yeah, right. she's precious. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and just so everybody knows like any of anything that we talk about, if you want more information or want to know how to follow and keep up with, them, all you can do is ask our mission team mm-hmm. and they can get you all the details. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. do we have an at shades Valley email address for them to email for mission stuff? We should probably set that I up. I think so. Yeah. So, but they could just email you or yeah, Doug. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can always it. just email the church just through the website, and we will get the email where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so if we're not able to get what I'm saying is if we're not able to get links to like all of these different yes. uh, people's uh, accounts or newsletters or what have not, yeah. and you want to know some yeah. more about somebody or keep up with something, please just just email
4: us. Yeah, well, yeah. and and one more thing before we leave Cambodia, sure. we. Um, we also went to go visit the WAM. There's a YWAM campus in Pailin, which is very different from the WAM base in Badenbong. It's just getting started. They have a couple of buildings um, right now. But he walked us around and said, showed us this land that they've bought. And so the projects that they're, they're going to do, he was talking about um, housing. He was talking about a cafeteria, just different things. And Ross Lackey from partner architects who also used to be at shades like he is the architect over all of their projects that's awesome so we thought that was really cool too so we got to see we got to see that too while we were in pylon and it is in the middle of nowhere really and so, really yeah. the,
3: um brian we met brian um from yy in Pailin, and he's from california and he kind of he sh- he was really helpful i mean i learned some things that i just don't think i ever realized about living in a country like Even if he was telling us he's been there for years Mm -hmm. and years and he knows how to speak Khmer, which is what they speak in Cambodia. Um, But just hearing him explain how he has a hard time having a deep spiritual conversation with someone in Khmer, like he Mm -hmm. knows how to Mm -hmm. ask questions. Right, right. I I think I just never understood that, like that language barrier or just that cultural barrier Mm -hmm. that what they deal with. Um, and, and, and the same for like Madeline, I think mm. she was just nice to have some Alabama people <laughs> to talk to in English right. and just rattle off like really fast cause <laughs> yeah, she yeah, loves yeah, to yeah, talk, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know? And so just to be able to just talk, talk, yeah. talk, talk, talk about whatever and be understood. Right. It's just interesting. Um,
1: yeah. Well, and that's part of, that's part of the missionary care work, mm-hmm. you know, that we talk about yeah. doing as, as a team. And that's part of why it's so important for small uh, teams to to go and spend like people you know will often question like what what's the importance of doing <laughs> short term mission trips should wouldn't it be a lot better if we just sent them a check for whatever money you'd spend for to sure. get there and yeah. all of that yeah. but I remember my, my brother uh, lived in Peru he and his wife did uh, for several years and um, I tell people all, all the time like my brother would much rather have people
3: mm-hmm. yes. than a yeah. check yeah
1: um, they're they're fluent in Spanish. But Spanish obviously isn't their first language and mm-hmm. they talk about just how much mental energy mm-hmm. it consumes um, to even just to, to converse, yeah. you know, all the time. And, and so how life-giving it is mm-hmm. to have people come and visit and just, just that simple fact right. of being able to just fellowship with people mm-hmm. in your native tongue is is, it just relaxes you mm-hmm. and it brings a sense of comfort home and rejuvenation. And so that's, that's awesome.
3: And she said something too. She said, I mean, we need you people, you guys to tell our story, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, you can only say so much on Facebook, but when you see it and you see the dirt Mm -hmm. and you see the (laughs) little room that they're having church in and, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, it just really, I don't know. I called Andy when we got to Pylon. I was like, Mm -hmm. i we are so far out. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel so far away right now. Right.
4: Well, yeah. And that was a community of about, I think she said between 80 and 90,000, and there are 200 Christians there. Wow. So um, as we're walking through the YWAM base, like you can see where they've put up these big, huge pieces of paper, and they're just dreaming about, okay, what are we going to do with this base? You know, and it's all these different things, like looking at, arts and sports looking at education looking you know what just different ways to reach out to the community and how that was what that was going to look like and and so that and so Brian kind of took us through that too he was like Mm -hmm. this is this is our dream you know this is what we're hoping to do as we you know have more people come to study as we are you know get get things built here and as we're able to just kind of grow as a ministry so that was really cool to see that I mean and how often are you in a place where there's only 200 Christians. Like we don't, we don't know what that's like. Right. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so just to hear him, hear his heart and like what their, what their vision was, it was it was amazing. Mm -hmm. It made you want to just go and move there and just be a part of it all, you know, just because how exciting is that? Like, I don't know. It seems so simple. Yeah. There's all these people and,
3: um, the gospel's wide open there. Mm-hmm. Like the government really right. doesn't mind the church being there. Um, I think the country. I don't. Just a little smidget about Cambodia is. I mean, they were set back a hundred years technologically from the Khmer Rouge that mm-hmm. happened, like at, back in the seventies, eighties. Right, right. Um, and where they basically wiped out every single person who was educated at all right. so the whole country is very young but there, there's a lot of 30 year olds and down mm-hmm. there, there's not a lot of 40 50 60 year olds because they're all gone so um they're just they need they have a lot of needs I right. mean the country's sure. poor so I think when you have uh, a base like the YWAM base in Badenbaugh or in Pailin people like having Christians Teach English because if you learn English, then you can further your education, and that just helps the whole country. Mm. So they're they're pretty open, uh, right. you know, which is awesome. So they don't, you know, they can um, share the gospel, and 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 it's and it's accepted readily. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of exciting, <laughs> um, and just to hear them talk about they don't even know where all the villages are. She's like, sometimes we just go explore, and we just turn down this road, and we find. <laughs> 50 more people that we didn't know were there, you know, so it's just all this opportunity right but it's it, it felt like the end of the earth it I was did. like you yeah. talk about taking the gospel to the end of the earth I yeah. was like we we found <laughs> the end of we the earth yeah we're found it. Yeah, we found I, it. I, I, yeah, yeah. We're here
4: I mean even our hotel it didn't actually have an address it just had the name of the area that it was in <laughs> and thankfully you know so Peg People knew where that where was that you right. know and she led us there but if we would have had to find there's no way we would have found that no way it's just yeah there's yeah
3: that was very cool yeah. it was.
5: And one other thing while we're still kind of on Madeline and even to speak to your point about the purpose or role of going in person versus right. just giving because both Madeline and Sopec mentioned at different times the importance of listening to the people. Right. So mm-hmm. Sopec's part of her vision for remote village work involved, you know, teaching hygiene and health education and one of the things that she mentioned that was a value to her was going to the village hearing from the villagers what their needs were and then tailoring ministry to that Mm -hmm. as opposed to deciding externally or on the outside what someone needs and then going in Mm -hmm. and so i don't think until you're with someone and listening, that that perspective doesn't come in any other way. Mm -hmm. And even with Madeline, who was not planned, it was an unexpected connection, Mm -hmm. in talking with her about what are the needs where you are, which we'll probably, Christy will probably talk about this a little bit more later, that is where the idea of a potential future mission trip for Shades was even birthed, Mm -hmm. of her mentioning um, medical needs and a significant lack of healthcare access for people in her village, and so it was in listening to her and her identifying needs um, in an area that we had not really previously considered. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a significant influence on a likely next trip mm-hmm. that would be to that area, and mm-hmm. that comes from listening and being with someone right. and learning of a need that we would not have known about otherwise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome for sure. So, how many days total were y'all there in Cambodia? Do you know? Are you So three four nights. days. Okay. All right. Yeah. Three and days. so then days, yeah. head from there to Thailand.
4: Yeah. So we um we left Wednesday afternoon, went back to Thailand. Um, we got we went back to a hotel. I'm just trying to think through. It's so it's so it was much. like y'all. night yeah. and day. We went from country oh, to yeah.
3: the biggest city I've ever seen well, in my whole entire life. Well, and I will say, <laughs> legit, yeah, that place is. Free.
4: Huge. Well, and to speak to that too, like Cambodia, I, I've been to several places, but honestly, Cambodia was the most beautiful place. It was, the I, th- I feel like it was the place that we were most c- concerned about going because we just didn't know very much about it sure. in terms of even safety and traveling and all the things, but we, it was beautiful and the people were precious and we loved our time there and, and it we was, cried when we left we, we really prayed for did him. we couldn't get it together I know <laughs> we were like praying for
3: Madeline I'm like
4: she's like my kid. I know I'm just <laughs> losing it like we
3: just can't deal with it. yeah
4: it was it was just a sweet sweet time and it was very quiet and peaceful there and it was just beautiful and then we literally we go to the opposite of that like we get to Bangkok and it is like I don't even know. I mean, I, I lived in New York for a short time in college and I it was it was it blew that out of the water. Like it was just huge and gridlock everywhere and noise and people and all, all, you know, 24 hours a day kind of thing. Like it was just it was a lot. Go I, and I think that, I think she's right. I think just from going from that one extreme to the other was a little bit like, wow. I, I'm getting anxious hearing you yes. talk. Yes. <laughs> your, your big yeah.
3: risk in Bangkok is a traffic accident. It, yeah. Which yeah. I totally believe. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it, yeah. It was a lot. So, But we did immediately, like that day, we got to go and and to Sarah and Alan's place and to be with them, like even that night, we got to go and have dinner with them and hang out. We got to meet the kids, which Christy and I had gone to Nepal a few years ago to visit with them, but Sarah had not had any children at that point and we have not seen her since then. Right. Yeah. And then, and then now she has two kids. So we, right. so that was really fun. So we got to meet them and have dinner with them and just hang out and just enjoy their company that first night. So it was good. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That
1: yeah. Good. And that was a primary purpose for being there is missionary it's, care.
4: It really was. It really was. I mean, we, we, we can tell you more about, you know, going and visiting Alan, but at his work and hearing about the ministry that he's involved in now, but but yes, like we, they have moved, you know, from one Asian country to another. And, and so they've gone from, but it's a completely different language right? and they've gone from living really more rural to being in a big city. It was just a huge change for them. And we could kind of, when we would have conversations with them, like we could tell, like they were, you know, it felt like they were definitely adjusting. It was a, a huge adjustment period for them all over again. And so, um. And so we knew going into visiting with them that we really, and I think we had some ideas of what we, we were hoping that would look like, and it ended up being really different. But but yes, initially we were talking about missionary care was was one of the main things that we were hoping to do while we were there with them. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and it turned out it, um, you know, the throes of early childdom. Uh, what? What what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I have no experience with such You've got a things. two-year-old and a three-month-old yeah. with a tummy ache. And, yeah. um, so Sarah just been in the throes of all of that. Mm-hmm. And so... Really, Alan, before we got there, he was like, here's what I want y'all to do. We're going to get Sarah a babysitter, and y'all are going to go do fun things with Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> because Sarah yeah. might need to get out yeah. of right. the apartment and do some fun things.
4: Well, and that's what I meant. I so think we're kind of imagining, just, like, maybe helping with cleaning or babysitting or do or doing whatever, you know, whatever she needs to do. And she's like, I want to get out of the house. Like, yeah. can we just, just go do fun put stuff? put on
3: clothes yeah. and makeup <laughs> and go, you know. Yeah because she's not gonna you know go try to figure out how the train system works in bangkok by herself you know so it was good to you know figure that out as a team you know things like that if you're gonna get lost you might as well have three friends to get lost (laughs) with you in bangkok listen i just you
1: know put it down for a shades valley original you know missionary care via like
3: yeah
1: girls day out
3: yes (laughs) so that was that was awesome yeah yeah. Sarah's so fun. She she's is. just so fun. Oh, she's not so.
4: Well, <laughs> I feel like even that first is that first night we went to the night market. Yes. yes so we I went to so. had dinner with them, and she she wanted to go to this night kids market went that she'd to go to. Yeah, the kids went to bed. Alan we went to this stayed night market. at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alan stayed home. Just all of us went, and and it was amazing. I mean, it was it was huge, and it took us forever to walk through it all. And I think we just we. Got street food and just walked through. Somebody got a smoothie, I think, at one point. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. whatever. Hanging out, shopping, just having fun, eating food. Like, yeah. All I bought things. some
3: fake Vans for Cora. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so there's that.
3: There's that. There's fake everything yeah. everywhere. Right, yeah. right. In of Thailand. Course. Of course.
4: So, yeah. So then the next day, I, I don't know if I remember all the details, but I know we we were with Sarah the next day for a while, too. And then that night we went and walked through this area. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure how to describe it to everyone except to maybe say, because I, I feel like the red light district is what people have heard about in terms of when you think about trafficking in, in somewhere like Thailand. Um, and so the ministry that Alan went to work for is called A21, and they specifically um, fight against um, trafficking in general. Um, and he's the regional over Asia. So he's got several offices throughout Asia that he's over. And so I think his, his job description is to kind of grow that ministry in that area in, in Asia. And so, um, and so she wanted she knew that we were going to, to talk with them the next morning and to get a feel for what the ministry does. And so she wanted us to kind of see some of that firsthand before, right. before we went, um, the next day. Did you want to share anything about that? No. Okay. It
3: um, was short, yeah.
4: but dark. Yeah. So we, was... we just kind of pull up in a, in a cab and, <sighs> and we get out and we, and we literally just kind of walk through this basically like city block or two. And then we get in a cab on the other side and, and, and we take off. Um, mm. But, um, you know, I don't,
3: I don't think I've ever been around anything quite like that,
4: yeah. where it's just like so
3: blatant. You know what's going on, and you're right. like, oh, "I think get I, me out of here." I think
4: I these was, people have numbers yeah. on their outfits. <laughs> well, they did, and I think, but I think what surprised me the most, it just felt like it was a party. Like there's, it's restaurants and bars. People are hanging out. They're having drinks. They're having food. Mm. Um, and and I think that if you didn't know what you were looking for, or or, or knew what you kind of you know wanted to right. observe or whatever, like I I'm not sure that. Well, other than the fact that, you know, the girls did have numbers on their shirts. So that, but I don't, yeah. Anyway, so we were walking through and there are groups of girls and and they are dressed in, um, this, like the groups were kind of be in the same kind of outfit. So, so you could tell maybe they were a part of different establishments that were along the way, um, but even them, they were um, they were beautiful. They were dressed up. There was, I mean, all the things. Like I, I, guess it was just different than what I. I feel like most people would connect um, trafficking with, right. um, and especially, and this is something we talked about with Alan later. But I think a lot of times we assume that it's a it's a drug situation, and right. that is not how it looked at all. Um, and and so he explained to us later that that usually it's more of a fear situation right. that keeps them in in that lifestyle. Mm. Um, where they feel like they cannot they cannot leave or their family member will be hurt or killed right. or, or whatever that looks like. It, yeah. I'm sure it's different for whoever. But um um so we just yeah, so we walked through that. It was it was yeah, it was weird. It was mm-hmm. it was not what I was expecting, but then when you see the numbers and you know the background You just are – it's just amazing. It's sad.
3: It made me sad.
4: Yeah. It it was a very – I mean, the darkness was just – it was very evident.
5: It was, like, viscerally sickening, you know, an experience that you just – like, it was – and just seeing, I think, just some of the the worst of humanity and what we're capable of, and mm-hmm. complete depravity and darkness. And so it was. There was almost like a physical response as you yeah. walk through what you're seeing.
1: Yeah, it's it's palpable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it and was just like oppressive, mm-hmm. um, and you can you can feel it when you're in those places and situations. Mm. Yeah. And so y'all, she took y'all there though, so that you'd have kind of that.
3: Yeah, like a little contact.
1: Yeah. That that context yeah. for as you go and you talk with Alan the next day yeah. um, who said works for A21 which yeah. am I wrong isn't A21 the largest tra- anti-trafficking organization in the world
4: I, I don't I don't know for sure if that's true or not but I, he was saying I that they, they have offices all over the world and I mean it's definitely I, a it was very global. large yes it's a very large um, organization I think they're actually based in the United States and um, and then, I I, I want to say Dallas. Maybe I'm totally wrong. Um,
1: We're just guessing. I at feel all like the that's things.
4: right. Sorry, Alan. I, I I was listening. I really and Alan's was. over <laughs> the,
3: the Asian countries. Yes, and um, Australia. Yes, this I forgot kind of to like say that. His, yes, his thing. Um,
4: so so we did that, and then we we went to his office next morning. We met with him. We met with the director um, over the um, the office in bangkok and then the people that work there and and so they have three main areas that they that they kind of focus on and they have teams they have like specific teams for each one of them so the first one is reach if i if i remember correctly yeah and so reach is just um, recognizing who is in a trafficking situation and then um and, and then just because I think there's a lot that goes into that, right? Like figuring out if it's something that they do need to intervene in and, and what that looks like. So you have a whole, he has a whole team of people that specifically work on that part of it. And then there's rescue. So this other group just focuses on going in. And so what does that look like? Like now that we've, now that we've, you know, we've identified this person now, what is it like to go and actually take them out of there? And then once they do that, um, the last restore. part was
3: restore yeah,
1: recovery and rest- restoration. yes
4: which was which was um a lot i mean he talked to you about this i know a lot because she's a she's a social work and they kind of had a lot to say about this um he actually tried to recruit her at one point i think yeah, it was he it was, was hardcore recruiting he really Michelle. Was. <laughs> um, yeah and so but just like you know helping them heal like through what they've what they've gone through and but then also even where do they come from and connecting them maybe back to you know because he was saying that a lot of um a lot of people that end up in those situations come over the border from Cambodia and just mainly because they're in vulnerable situations or they're, they're in poor situations. And so, um, and so sometimes it's even connecting them back to where they live or their families or whatever. And so they, and so they literally walk them through all of, all of the things. So it's amazing ministry. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And I think part of the, so part of the, on the front end, they're also doing some prevention work where they're going in and they're educating, um, people that might frequently have contact, you know, with someone who may or may not have been trafficked. And so whether that be airport officials or teachers or any type of individuals, what are the signs that someone may be trafficked? And I think in some scenarios there's hotline, hotlines that you can call some don't have that and that may be in development and so there was a prevention part of it and education piece mm-hmm. and then yeah. on the restoration piece they actually have several sites that they call freedom centers and so there's one in Siem Reap in Cambodia um for people in Cambodia I can't mm-hmm. remember where in Bangkok or I don't remember the specifics on the one in Thailand but um But anyway, as different countries may have different, they may have different freedom centers in the various countries with which they partner, Um, and so part of the restoration, they primarily do work with um, local social workers and counselors who are providing trauma counseling, you know, just general kind of reintegration Mm -hmm. counseling services, um, and also teaching life skills, you know, and helping them learn um, skill sets and that could help them, um, you know grow in independence once they graduate. I don't, I don't know exactly how they would graduate from that program or how long they stay with right. the Freenton Center, but sure. just in, in moving back into society. So they were doing a lot of supportive care, um, specific trauma work, as well as life skills training. Um, so, yeah, it was a incredible, incredible ministry
3: um, that, was, that was really um, moving to be able to see. Um, I think yeah. the thing that I learned the most... I was telling them, I, I think when you think human trafficking, I always think sexual tra- trafficking. Mm, sure. um, but we learned a lot about, like, there's a lot of um, other kind of slavery going on. like And I think it's because you've got poor countries w- next to a country that has opportunity. And so those people are trying to make money and, you know, they're in a vulnerable state. And so they're being enslaved to do cyber crime which I had no idea was <laughs> the thing like so they sort of lure them in saying they've got a job and they've got money but then they can't leave and they give them a cell phone and some food and a place to sleep but they have to like befriend people on the internet and try to get money right. like and they have a quota and then they're they tortured to if be. they haven't met their mm-hmm. quote I mean it's some crazy stories um, that I just didn't realize was going on. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a lot more than just women or girls. I mean, it's men, it's, it's mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just slavery. Like just, I mean, just not seeing someone as a fellow image bearer mm-hmm. <laughs> of, right. you know, like someone who is less than you that yeah. you can just take advantage of. And it's just evil. So yeah. it's cool that they're on the front, you know, the cutting bleeding edge of that um fighting that fight and and they work with government Mm -hmm. um you know to to fight it which is cool so i mean they're just trying all the angles Mm -hmm. so i didn't realize that was their campaign i saw some signs that can you see me those billboards that you that's a21 Mm -hmm. you know here doing it so it's it's really cool Mm -hmm. work yeah I'm very proud of Alan. No,
1: <laughs> no, that, yeah, it, it's it, it's incredible, incredible work, um, and it's it's amazing that you know, we, from, Homewood, Alabama, <laughs> yeah, get to be involved mm-hmm. in anyway. So like, as people listen and hear you talk about, a21, the Nunnallys, obviously, mm-hmm. like, what are ways that people can get involved mm-hmm. in supporting the work that they do.
4: I mean, I think you can do it straight through their website, and I and I um which
1: is a twenty one dot org
4: a twenty one dot org yeah and they have fundraiser walks they do. every year mm-hmm. um they
3: have ways you can get in lo- involved locally you know because they're everywhere mm-hmm. right um so there's definitely ways to be involved mm.
1: yeah no, for sure um you could be a part of the mission team here absolutely at Shades. Yeah. Um, because y'all do missionary care work, not just by going, but by keeping up with the missionaries mm-hmm. throughout the years, through the year, keeping a finger on the pulse of what their needs are, yes. um, doing care packages, things of that nature.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked a lot about what missionary care looks like, and I mean, where they are now is a little different than where they used to be. Sure. Um, in terms of, I mean, I don't, you know, physically it's their life's very different. Um, right, right. Uh, but But I do think it's important for us to go. I do think it's important for us to um, uh, just, I mean, yes, connect with them in any way that we can while we're here, but also to, to just going I think encourages them in what they're doing and helps them, I don't know. I almost feel like it just gives them a sense of, okay, like we are being supported and people do care and they are on board with us and they are thinking about us and they do think this work is, you know, work is important and they are, you know, whatever. And so, because I mean, missionary work is hard anywhere, but um, especially what Alan is doing, I think because we were talking about just the darkness of just walking through there for five minutes. Like I can't imagine what that team has to go through um, even on a daily or weekly basis, I mean, I think he was even talking about they they require some counseling even for the people that work there. Yeah, you know, of just as they're going yeah, through and get, doing you these get things, secondary
1: trauma. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. and so
4: we want to keep that in mind when they're thinking about them specifically. And and I know that you know Sarah isn't going to the office with Alan every day, but this is still a big part of what she's living and hearing. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just as his wife, um, she's she's walking through this with him too. And yeah. so I don't know. I just feel like we want to be. A little bit. um, Just, I don't know, take care of them however we can.
1: Yeah, well, I I think one of the things that can be a misconception for uh, people who've never (laughs) served overseas, lived overseas, it's like when when you think about this kind, even as we tell these stories or talk about what their ministry does, like I think it's very easy for it to start to look like a uh, trailer for an Indiana Jones movie in our head. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like, I mean, Alan yeah. and Sarah are just over there, like, <laughs> living this amazing adventure mm-hmm. on the front lines, mm-hmm. fighting against evil mm-hmm. in the world and the <laughs> darkness. And I mean, it's just this incredible thing mm-hmm. day by day. And it's not that it's not incredible and amazing and awesome work, but all ministry is local ministry. Yeah. You know, this is their locale, yeah. it is their locality. And so, every bit as much as you would find doing ministry in your daily life, a grind, Mm -hmm. it's the same kind of thing. It's a grind, you know, for them. And you have added difficulties on top of that Mm -hmm. and that you're in a place that's not your cultural norm, Mm -hmm. not your first language, not like all of those kinds of things. And so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in a way, however monotonous, grinding hard you think about ministry being here, like it's almost at times even more. And so needing just to know you're seen, you're loved, you're cared for, those things, like it just becomes, I mean, think about how important that is in each of our own lives. Yes. Right? Yes. And I'm surrounded by you know, a culture I am t- t- native to and familiar with and people who love me and all this. And still I'll get a text and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it means so much just to know that somebody <laughs> yes, cares. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um,
4: well, and we were talking about that earlier with the language thing, you know, just to have people come that, get all your references and all or, the things your jokes you get yes your, And you know your puns yes your, all the things like yeah. I think because when she when she left us she was like you I mean she was like I'm just gonna be so sad for y'all to go you know but it was and we know for that reason too like you know it just having your people there with you for any length of time like you're like oh I can't I don't want to let you go you know right. it, yeah so but it was good but it was I mean I feel like I feel like I, I we were glad that we got to be with her and just do fun things with her. We felt like that was exactly what she needed at the mm-hmm. time, and it was really fun for us too. And so we we're not in all saying that we were suffering in any way. Like we enjoyed sure, it. Sure. It was great. Um, <laughs> she we went to a Thai cooking class. We can all make pad Thai now.
1: I, I uh, am anticipating. <laughs> <laughs> Pad Thai is one of my favorite dishes. Uh-huh.
4: Yeah, it was delicious. It was yeah,
3: pad thai. and mango sticky
4: rice. Mango, si- yes, mango and curry. We, yeah, and we met some really cool people in there too, and and got to talk to some people even in that cooking class about a twenty one. So that's awesome. I don't know, just stuff like that, like little connections like that. We thought, okay, because mm-hmm. at first we're like. We're what? We're, we're going to do a cooking class on a mission trip. You know, it's a little strange, but at the same time, we're like, okay, like we, it, 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 you talked about being flexible, adjusting, going with whatever, you know, whatever is, is, Gonna work for what you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, I
1: think that's so important because, like, yeah. so often it's easy to go into a mission trip or like with the mindset, of like, okay, this is about us. Yeah, like we want to go and we want to do something that makes us feel like we accomplished something and we feel good about ourselves and all that. Instead of like looking at the missionary and being like, well, what do y'all need? What
4: do y'all need? Yeah, and we'll do
1: whatever you need. And if that's getting you out of the house, right? Do a cooking class, Absolutely. and that's gonna like you know give you life Absolutely. that's gonna sustain your ministry <laughs>
4: right. over
1: the years. Yes. I mean.
4: Yeah.
1: What what greater work?
4: Well, and she said, "I've been wanting to do it for a while. I didn't want to do it by myself. Would y'all go? You know, would y'all do this with me when you're here?" And we were like, "Absolutely!" Right. Yeah. And so, yeah.
1: I I think one of the things that I think bears witness to this uh, is the Book of Philippians. Um, Mm -hmm. Paul writes the Book of Philippians from prison, um, and Philippi had sent him a gift via one of their members, Epaphroditus. And Philippians virtually exists as a thank you letter. Mm-hmm. It's virtually Paul gushing about how incredibly he thank- thankful he is to Philippi for this gift and for Epaphroditus. Mm-hmm. Like for the fact mm-hmm. that he's got this guy mm-hmm. that they've sent, you know, and and he was so worried about it because he got Epaphroditus when he first got to Paul. He got sick. He almost yes. died, but then he recovered. And <laughs> and you can even tell, like, Paul's like, I'm going to send him back to you, but I don't really want to kind of thing and all that. But But Philippians, the mark of that letter by far amongst all of Paul's other letters is it'll get called the letter of joy. Mm. Like it's just erupting and pouring with joy. And I think that, I mean, it's just a little biblical mark of like how much it means to Paul and his ministry that this little fledgling church that he helped found in Philippi is still stinking caring for him Mm -hmm. and sending him a gift. And like, I mean, you know, so I'm going to say that your cooking class is <laughs> biblical. That's what I'm trying to say.
3: Yeah, we got a lot of happy, all caps, a whole lot of exclamation point emails yes. from Alan and Sarah See? before we got there. Yeah. They were like, the <laughs> <story>. boy was <laughs> so excited. Was so yeah. cute. Yes. That's awesome. We loved them.
4: It was good. Yeah.
1: Well. Um, yeah. before before i shift to kind of like our our final thing yeah um which was just anything y'all want to talk about with the mission team okay kind of coming up yeah before we shift to that was there anything else from the trip that maybe you wanted mm. to talk about that we we missed or skipped i just want to make sure that yeah. we don't end and y'all are like Ah, we missed that. I thing. mean,
4: that'll probably
3: happen. I'm sure. Um, I'm I mean, sure we had that. we had a lot of shenanigans, just all that travel and all those airports. Oh, uh, and the three of you? The airports? Shenanigans?
4: shenanigans. <laughs> what?
3: So wait, what's
4: the flight um, I almost missed? What oh, we it?
3: almost missed. We, we almost had to stay in Bangkok another night. Oh, that's um, right. We, were, we kind of got there uh, later than we should have, and it was a sea of humans. And we, I started texting my family. I was like, um we need prayer. We might not make it on this flight. Mm -hmm. So there was some,
4: was um, that on the, that was on the way home. I literally can't tell you. Like, I'm not, I'm really not sure. That was the one when we were leaving Bangkok. That was, we
3: ran, you know, those movies where people run. Oh yeah. 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 That was us. Yes. Well, and they were, we made it on like one minute before the flight. left, (laughs) And it's only because
5: they did not close the gate when they were supposed to. Oh, so yeah, sorry.
1: This is totally like (laughs) not really related or important at all, but, uh, we, my family watches Christmas movies like crazy, and my children love Home Alone, and we were watching the Home Alone movie the other night, and they run through the airport, yes, you know, yes, and, yes. and this is obviously pre-9-11, so, like, it's very different and all that, but I never realized until last night when they get to the gate, the door's shut. And oh. she opens the door oh, no, to let it back through. Yeah. And I looked at my children and my wife and said, just so everyone knows, <laughs> they don't this do is that. not realistic. <laughs> not really. They do once want that door that. Is shut. Yeah. They open it for no one.
3: Yes. We got on that flight and we were all looking at each other like, I can't believe we're on this plane.
4: Like <laughs> well, and a they, miracle. Well, and they made it way ahead of me. Like I was th- bringing up the rear by myself running like, and I we're, we're like waving at each other. They're a walkie talking each other. By, There's someone else coming. Oh, you know, the Lord. whole thing. Like, I do I still don't know how we made that
1: flight. Uh, it's too long of a story for right now, but yeah. I'll have to tell you all my story about missing a flight sometime on a mission trip. Oh, it
4: was, wow.
1: Yeah, Not fun. Well, but, yeah. Well, before we talk about yeah. the, the mission team um, and totally leave behind Cambodia and Thailand, yeah. uh, you mentioned Susie Triplett, who's another missionary that we support yes. in Thailand. Yes. I believe she was originally sent out of uh, Briarwood, right?
4: She was. Yeah.
1: Sent out of Briarwood. Yes. So, and, and we've, Been partners with her for uh,
4: over ten years now. Yeah, long time, long time. And she does
1: amazing work there in Bangkok too. But you, I I think you told me you have an update from her.
4: Yeah, she just um so. We Yeah, we just got an update from her last week, so we thought we, since we were sharing about Thailand that we would just give everybody a quick update. Um, and I can forward the email to anybody that wants it, but I just thought it was so amazing. So she, for a long time, has been working on a storytelling project. So she has she works in the slums of Bangkok, and she ministers to families Um, who a lot of times have a high illiteracy rate among them. And so she's been working on a program where they could listen to Bible stories on their phone in their own language. Mm -hmm. And so they wouldn't have to... Read them. They could just listen to them. Right. And so, um, and so she just let me just read this real quick. So she says, next year we plan to begin a story fellowship group within the church and beyond. As part of my research with Fuller Theological Seminary, I am testing the oral Bible study method and curriculum that I've been developing for the past five years. I now have full approval from the International Review Board to begin research with small groups from low-income uh, communities in Bangkok. My first group is slated to begin early next year. And and so it's just going to be a way of like her sharing the gospel, but then as others come to Christ, it's a way for them to share the gospel as right. well. And so, I don't know, I just thought that was amazing. She she um, just sounds really excited as she's talking through this, and it's going to be, you know, she she goes on to say that the research is going to be over a three-year period, right. and it's, you know, it's a part of her PhD work, and so I just thought it was amazing, and so right. I'm, I'm excited for her. It just feels like she's, she's just been there for so long doing all these things, and so just, you know, finally... Something's coming really, really coming to a head with a lot of the work that she's been doing, and she's going to get to start seeing a lot of fruit from it, hopefully. Right. So, yeah, that's
1: so awesome. I know. And, I mean, and, and when you think about it, like, I mean, it's the way the gospel originally spread,
4: exactly, you know,
1: because I mean, the overwhelming majority of the world was illiterate until you get yes to the, the, after the invention of the printing press in the mid 1500s, you yeah. know, and yes. then it still takes a little while for literacy to spread. Exactly. Um, And so that, I mean, that's the way the gospel spread was word of mouth. Yeah. You know, and uh, and oral storytelling. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So so I'm excited. And hopefully when we do get to go back, that we will get to go visit her. Yes. I've already connected back with her, um, and we definitely are going to make that happen next time. So,
5: (laughs) Yeah, and we may be potentially connecting Susie and um, Sarah. Sarah, So just, you know, being in the same city, and there's some interest. And Sarah's also planning to maybe look into using art in some of the neighborhoods, you know, in Bangkok. And um, yeah. I think Susie's ministry is in a, a slum area. Is it that is. right? Yeah. And so just connecting them as well. There was awesome. interest for that. Yeah.
1: Well, mm. as we wrap up, anything you would like to share currently just about the mission team here at Shades, maybe what y'all are thinking about mm. as far as uh, future trips, ways we can be praying for y'all as y'all think through things for 2023 and beyond.
4: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to be thinking through, you know, everything that we saw and and talked with with people. And then just going forward, what does that look like? You know, when thinking about our budget for next year, thinking about potential trips for next year and even beyond that, um, I I would just ask for prayer for that. Like um, the missions team is meeting this Sunday. We are going to be talking about budget and trips for next year um, and sharing a little bit more about uh, some of the conversations we had while we were there. Um, I, what I would personally love to see happen is a trip every year to uh, to Thailand and Cambodia. Maybe, uh, maybe keeping it small again, but maybe going to both of those places once a year, and then going to Poland once a year. Because because our missionaries are kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of concentrated. Yeah, they're kind of mm-hmm. concentrated in these two areas now. Right, right. And so you know, if we if we decide to support SOPEC in some way and maybe even Madeline and what she's doing um, you know it would be it would be easy to go to Thailand and Cambodia maybe once a year and have that be a consistent thing where we can they know we're coming we can make plans we can maybe do projects or whatever that looks like i just feel like it would be maybe a little more helpful if it was something that was consistent for right. them sure. and then and then being with Sarah and Allen and then getting to visit with Susie Triplet and seeing what's going on with her Um, I think it would be encouraging for our team to be able to go and do it and then also be able to take other people from shades as well as we, you know, if it's something consistent, then I I don't know. I just feel like building that relationship would just help both sides. Yeah, for Um, sure. and, And then Poland is the same thing, you know, with having Greg and Aaron there and then. Uh, Meg and Josh are moving. I think now in the first, the beginning of the year, like March even. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're talking soon. about coming, you know, so, so I would love, I mean, those are my, those are my dreams right now, but I would love to see that, that happen and just as consistently start just going and planning and being with them once a year. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We
3: also, um, talk to Madeline and so about, um, now that they're in this village and trying to make, um, meet new villages and new people that maybe we could use a medical team, uh, to go for a week and do three or four days of a clinic. If only Um, we
1: had some medical people.
3: If only we knew someone who worked at a major (laughs) (laughs) teaching hospital. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think, um, that might, that would be separate. Like that would be its own thing. Sure. Um, I already have like three people at work that are like, yes, I will go, you know, so I have a clinic manager already. <laughs> so um, so yeah, we're gonna pray about that and mm. see if we I haven't done that since college. Sure. But it's really fun. So awesome. I don't mm. know. Um, you can use that as more like a, I call it like a can opener with the people in the in the surrounding communities because when word gets out that a dentist is coming and right. a and a doctor, you know, that could look at that knee that <laughs> or whatever. Um, people will come from all around. So it just is a way for the church there to get to know where people are, meet people. It's just a good way for the the new church to be able to, to minister to the community. So we're going to pray about that for maybe like early 2024. So if you're interested in that at all, um, come find me and start saving some money. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure. Y'all are, sorry, I've got a <laughs> in my throat. Show your That's time why time you hear it. me start coughing <laughs> over here. so good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord, I'm so sorry. But so you said y'all are having a missions team meeting
4: this, this ended, Sunday? Yes. Well, awesome. Yep. Upstairs. Hang on one second
5: while you're recovering, I'll
4: just add something.
5: (laughs) You might need a medical team right now. I did want to just say that say something regarding the sweet support that the three of us have received from the body. And just people who not only encouraged us in discerning what to do and when to go, like Shay mentioned, Mm -hmm. but people who pursued us because given the short time frame, you know, Within which we decided to go, there wasn't a lot of time to send out prayer requests ahead of time yes. or, you know, right. talk through that with others. And so we had people <coughs> that, that specifically pursued us and asked us, send us your request, that really genuinely wanted to be praying for us before, during, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, while we were there. And so just what that meant to us, you know, um, people that texted us after we Mm -hmm. got back, that sent us prayers via text, Mm -hmm. that asked how it went, and so just that the body was present with us and supporting us through prayer Uh, and their interest and just kind of joining with us in that, and so I just want to express our appreciation for that.
4: Yeah, and if anyone's interested in learning more about it or going on a trip with us or you you know, want to be a part of anything that we just talked about. Like we would love, um, mm-hmm. we would love to have you go for sure.
1: And all they need to do is email us.
4: <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I, I just drank <laughs> almost it. an entire oh, bottle are you of water. Okay? <laughs> trying <laughs> to get this
1: tickle out of my throat. Um, but yeah, if you'll just email, uh, as you can email midweek at shades. you can yeah. email the church, through the website and we can connect you with the mission team. All of y'all's meetings are open yes, to anyone that absolutely. wants to come yeah. and yeah. learn more about what's going on.
4: Yeah, we'll be there this, uh, this Sunday, 845, upstairs outside of your office, Jonathan's office. Yeah, just come up room. the stairs and go to the left. Go to the left. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Um,
1: so, awesome. Well, well, thank you all so much just for taking time. For, for those who don't know, uh, they're all here uh, during the evening. We're here on a Wednesday evening mm-hmm. recording this. And so all of you all took time <laughs> away from your families to come and to be up here. And just thank you all for setting aside. Thank you for going for supporting um, the missionaries that we, we love and support financially. It's for, for supporting them in a real mm-hmm. tangible and physical way and being the hands and feet uh, of Shades, more importantly the hands and feet of Jesus, um, on the ground mm-hmm. there both in Cambodia and Thailand. And then just bringing word back to us so that we can see and know how the Lord is at work around the world in ways that we're getting to participate yeah. in that. It's really, really incredible to to get to hear. Well, I think we don't do this at the end of every episode, but I think it would be appropriate to close um, just in prayer. Mm. Could I just pray for y'all yeah. and for the missionaries and and for Shades missions? Mm. So, Father, I'm just so thankful for Michelle, Shay, Christy, uh, for the burden that you placed on their heart on the on the heart of the entire missions team here at Shades uh, to to send this team. Uh, I thank you for their answering the call, even through the midst of all of the craziness around planning and how topsy-turvy just everything felt. I thank you that they went, that they were flexible. I thank you for all of the things that you had prepared for them that they didn't even know about, um, just the the providential plan that you had put in place uh, and guided them through day by day, not only to minister to uh, SOPEC, and Nunnally's and missionaries uh, that we already knew on the ground, but to make new connections Mm. uh, as well. And, Lord, we just trust that that is all a part of what you're doing, um, both here uh, locally through Shades Valley and globally through these missionaries uh, that are on the ground. Lord, we do pray uh, specifically for SOPEC, uh, for the YWAM base there, uh, both of the YWAM bases, in Cambodia, for Madeline, for the Nunnalies, uh, for Susie Triplett, for the ministries that you have called each of them to, uh, just for your continued guidance and blessing upon them, uh, for continued energy um, and sustenance, uh, for just daily grace uh, as they go about the work that they have been called to. Bring them to our hearts and minds often, Uh, so that we may lift them up in prayer and reach out to them and continue to encourage them through the means that you've given us through technology uh, that we would be able to uh, spur them on Mm -hmm. towards faith and good works all the way from across the ocean. Mm -hmm. Lord, I'm so thankful for every person that you have called to be a part of the mission team at Shades and I pray that you would continue to teach us as a church that you've called every single one of us to participate in your global purposes in some way whether that's through prayer, through giving, through going. Uh, May we be a church that has a heart for uh, what you're doing globally. We love you. We pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.